You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from Heritage Baptist Church in Corpus Christi, Texas, led by Pastor Johnny Che. Our church is dedicated to serving Jesus Christ and reaching the world by going forward with the gospel. We pray that you will be helped and blessed by this message from God's Word. I feel I still owe some of you an explanation. You're wondering what this is all about, this here. I'm trying to send myself to heaven one piece at a time, but they just hung on. No, I had an axe two, what is it, two weeks ago, and uh, it, uh, I missed, and I hit my toes. So, And uh, I was reading through my discharge paperwork today, and they made it seem so intense. You were, you were admitted for traumatic amputation of your fourth and fifth, fifth, what, what is it, Met, meta, metatarsals. I'm like, man, that sounds painful. My goodness. So they're still there. They're attached. I unwrapped it the other day, and I looked at it. And um, I can move my, my pinky one now, which is good. But this one is just stubborn. This one is just sticking straight out. And I'm telling my brain, like, move it. And, and my brain's like, what's it? I have no idea what you're talking about. Keep praying for it. It just itches now. It just itches. I carry a chopstick with me at all times just to kind of get, get in there. <clears throat> Next is my toothbrush, but uh, I appreciate your prayers, and uh, the pain really is starting to go away, and hopefully I can get rid of this thing soon enough. Not the foot, but the, the, the boot. If I can't get rid of the boot, I'll get rid of the foot. <laughs> Let's make sure that our cell phones are on silent, that we can focus in. John chapter 10. John chapter 10 is where we'll be this morning. I know for a fact some of you need this message because we've spoken about it recently. And I am under the impression that if where you have a handful in a church who is struggling with something or has a question with something, more are struggling with it and have a question about it, but maybe they're just not bold enough to ask. So I want to preach on something that we believe here at Heritage Baptist Church. We believe it because the Bible teaches it. And when the Bible teaches it, it is truth. And we stand behind it, and we preach it boldly. I want to talk about the fact that once you are saved, you can never lose your salvation. Once you are saved, you are always saved. There are some lies that come. There are some, there are some lies that combat this teaching. There are some false beliefs that come from this teaching. This teaching can be combated, and it can also be abused. And I want to try to help with that this morning. John chapter 10, verse 22, it was at Jerusalem, the Feast of the Dedication, and it was winter. And Jesus walked in the temple in Solomon's porch, very religious place, constantly filled with religious people doing religious things. 
talking about religious subjects. Then came the Jews round about him and said unto him, How long dost thou make us to doubt? If thou be the Christ, tell us plainly. Jesus answered them, I told you, and ye believed not. My words, I gave you my words, you believe not. What about my works? The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. And he says it again, but ye believe not. No matter what I do, no matter what I say, you do not believe. And ye believe not, because ye are not of my sheep. As I said unto you, and he's calling back to a conversation he just had earlier, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Amen. Colon, continuation of thought, and I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father, which gave them me, is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. Two in person, two in person, one in essence. As far as this matter of watching over your soul is concerned, me and my father are on the same page. We've got you. I have three goals in my message this morning. I'll tell you them after we pray. Lord, your word is so good if we just believe it and accept it for what it is and read it as a child would read it. Lord, I look at these children here on the front row and I don't think they're doubting what you said. There's something truly wonderful about childlike faith. There's something truly wicked about adult doubt. And I ask that you would put, that you would put to end our doubt from your word. Save the soul that is nearest hell in this room through your Holy Spirit conviction. Revive backsliders, call prodigals home, and glorify your name in all that we say and do here. We ask this in your name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. I'm going to hobble over and get my water. Three goals. My first goal is to challenge you to ask yourself this question. Do I believe in Jesus Christ? Do I believe in who he is? Do I believe that he is who he says he is? And by the way, if you say, I believe he's a good person, you have a problem because that good person said he was more than a good person. That good person said he was God. If he said he was God and he's not God, he's not a good person. Jesus is either God or he's a liar or he's a lunatic. Do you believe that he is who he says he is? Do you believe in what he did? Do you believe that he died? And he was buried for three days and for three nights, and he rose again. Do you believe that? And do you believe that he did it for you? He didn't die because he was a sinner. The wages of sin is death. But he never sinned. 
He who knew no sin became sin for us that we might be called the righteousness of God in him. Do you believe that he died suffering the wages of sin even though he had no sin? That must mean he did it for you. And do you believe that he was buried for you and that he rose again for you so that he can pray for you? I'm challenging you to ask, do I believe that? That's what I preach. That's what the Bible teaches. That's not what everybody believes. What do you believe? Do you believe that? Do you believe in Jesus Christ plus nothing? Because if you're going to add something to the Lord, you're telling him you're not enough for me. Oh, it's Jesus Christ and my baptism. No. We're Baptists. We have it right there. And it's all warm and it's ready to go. But that does not take you to heaven. Jesus takes you to heaven. And when you start adding things to Jesus, you're telling him you are not enough. Or if you start taking away from him, you're saying you're a little too much for me. A little too much for me. I'll take this part of you, but not that part of you. I'll take your grace. I won't take your holiness. I'll take your mercy. I won't take your justice. No, you got to take all of it. Do you believe in the Jesus of the Bible, which, by the way, is not the Jesus of social media, is not the Jesus of a lot of churches today? If you believe, my second goal is to encourage you with one of the most beautiful truths that Jesus ever spoke. And in fact, until you understand this truth, this truth is truth whether you understand it or not, right? But until you understand this truth, you're going to struggle in your relationship with God. You're going to struggle in your life, in your, in your life of faith. You're going to struggle. If you don't believe, my third goal is for today to be the day that you believe by showing you the blessings that can be yours and that will be yours the moment that you believe. The moment you believe, all that we just read applies to you. If you don't believe, then this verse does not apply to you. These verses don't apply to you. You are like the Jews in verse 24 through 26 who believed not. And you believe not because you are not one of his sheep. It's only when you believe that you become one of his sheep. And only his sheep hear his voice. And he knows them. And they follow him. Do you believe? Do you believe in Jesus Christ? If you don't, you may as well cut John chapter 10, verse 28 through 30 out of your Bible because they don't apply to you. If you do believe, I wouldn't be surprised that some of you did cut out John chapter 10, verse 28 through 30 because of the way some of you act. We have people, we have professed believers who live in constant fear, live in constant retreat, live in constant worry, live in constant doubt. And my question is why? If you believe, there's no reason to fear. Though, all, though, though even the strongest enemies come against you, there's no reason to fear if you believe. How can I say that? Because of the words of Jesus that are recorded in John chapter 10, verse 28 through 30. If you believe, there's no reason to retreat, even if you're attacked by all the demons of hell. How can I say that? John chapter 10, verse 28 through 30. There's no reason to worry if you believe, 
Even if the biggest storms rage about you, there is no reason to doubt, even if the vilest sins plague you. There's no reason to waver, even if, this, even if Satan himself were to hang you over hell with a, by a thread. Look at the thread, it's a scarlet one. No reason to waver. How can I say that? Because of John chapter 10, verse 28 through 30. If you believe, and that's a big if. Yes, if you believe, consider the words that Jesus says to you. And I give unto them eternal life. Stop. He does not say, and they earn from me. He doesn't say, and they purchase from me. He doesn't say, and they bargain with me. He doesn't say, and they trade with me. I give unto them eternal life. Religion asks, how can Jesus give? How can he give away something so amazing and precious and valuable as eternal life? Surely there must be something that we must do in order to earn something so magnificent. If I'm going to drive down the road and I see a brand new, oh, we're in Texas, Chevrolet pickup truck. Woo. And there's a big sign that says free. And it's all souped up, whatever that means. You're going to come up and ask, what's the catch? What's the catch? Nothing's free, right? Nothing's free. Eternal life, and I give unto them eternal life. How can Jesus give eternal life away for free? Well, here's the thing. I'm going to, instead of asking, what's the catch? I'm going to ask the person who's next to that truck, did you pay for this? And if he said, yeah, I paid for this. I have the title. He can do whatever he wants with it. And listen to me, eternal life wasn't free. Amen. He bought it. Amen. And it cost him everything. It cost him his throne in heaven. And, it came, and he came down to have a manger and to live in Nazareth. We learned about Nazareth on Wednesday. And to walk dusty streets. He gave up the glory that it cost him, the glory that was due to his name. He went from holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come, mm -hmm. to his own creation, saying, we be not born of fornication, we know who our father is. In other words, your mom's a harlot. She said, virgin, we don't buy it. That's what it cost him. It cost him his, the comforts of deity. He went from having everything in his power to hungering and thirsting and being tired to the point where he can fall asleep in a ship in the middle of a storm. It cost him his happiness. The Bible says he was a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. It cost him rejection. It cost him forsaking to where God looked at man at one point and said, will you also go away? It cost him false accusation. 
It cost him his life. He was tortured, scourged, crucified, pierced, and buried. Eternal life wasn't free. But he rose again, proving that he was everything that he said he was. And with his resurrection, the purchase of eternal life was complete. And now that he owns the title, he can do whatever he wants with it. And he could have been fair with his purchase and required money in return. That would have been fair. He could have required you to purchase it if you wanted it. That would have been fair. He could have been mean with his purchase and hoarded it all to himself. He could have been greedy with his purchase and went up and took advantage of each and every one of you. Well, you've got money, I want that. You've got power, I want that. You've got beauty, I want that. You've got land, I want that. He could have done any of that. He could have profited from it. He could have hoarded it. He could have been selected with it. Uh, You, but not you. And yet he chose to be gracious with it. And I will give it to anybody for free if you believe. If you believe. When you believe, I give unto them eternal life. Now, it's good already. But we're just getting started. Notice all of the extreme language in in these verses. Jesus uses no moderate language here. He uses no language that could be misconstrued or misinterpreted. No language where, I wonder what he means by that. No language that can be twisted or questioned or up for debate or up for multiple interpretations. Language like eternal life. You know what that means? Not temporal. If you could lose it, it's not eternal. Not temporal. Forever. Unending. Infinite. Everlasting. We can't wrap our minds around eternity, can we? I cannot give you an, a, a, a good definition of eternity. I can tell you what eternity is not. You ready? Replace every drop of water in the Pacific Ocean with a penny. Okay? And each of those pennies is worth a trillion years. All right? And at the end of each trillion years, you need to take one of those pennies and you need to turn it into the Lord to buy another trillion years. And the entire Pacific Ocean, every drop, is a penny or is a trillion years. That's not eternity. That's all I can tell you. That's not even close to being eternity. And Jesus says, eternal life. How about this one? Never perish. Listen to this language. I give unto them eternal life. And let's just walk through the verse. And they shall never perish under no circumstances. Not at all, at no time, not in any way, no way, no how, no when, ain't gonna happen. Neither shall any man. You see how extreme he's being? Neither shall 
any man pluck them out of my hand. And he says a little bit later, no man, neither shall any man, no man, nobody, no matter how strong, no matter how rich, no matter how smart, no matter how deceitful, no matter how determined, no matter how powerful, no matter how influential, no matter how many, none. I like this one. My father, which gave them me, is greater than all, unmatched, no competition, unable to be dethroned, Lord of lords, God of gods, higher than the highest, stronger than the strongest, wiser than the wisest, is the Father in heaven. Now, I want you to couple that extreme language with the promise that begins these verses. Here's the promise. I give unto them extreme language, eternal life. They shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My father, which is greater than all, which gave them me, no man, no man is able to pluck them out of my father's hand. Put the promise with the extreme language. And here is the truth that Jesus brings forward. If you believe. Jesus says, when you believe, it doesn't matter what may come your way. I've got you. Amen. It doesn't matter what man may say. I've got you. It doesn't matter what storms you face. I've got you. Amen. It doesn't matter what enemies attack you. I've got you. It doesn't matter what sin plagues you. I've got you. It doesn't matter what fears you face. I've got you. It doesn't matter what doubt invades you. I've got you. It doesn't matter what enemies attack you. I've got you. When you believe, I've got you. You're in my hand, period. Amen. Do you believe? Then that promise is for you. If you don't believe, you are unprotected from the enemy. You're unprotected. You have no shield from the darts of the wicked. The Bible says you are taken captive by Satan at his will. But here's what this verse, is te this verse teaches me. If you believe, then let the enemy attack. And let the heathen rage. And let the arrows fly. And let the attacks come. He's got you. They shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. Oh, many men will try to pluck you out. Religious men will try by saying that you can lose your salvation, teaching you can lose your salvation. Jesus says to those religious men, <clears throat> they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. But what if they keep sinning? Let me know where I lost you. They shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. But what about what the Catholics say? Let me know where I lost you. They shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. But I read this book. Let me know where I lost you. I give unto them eternal life. They shall never perish. Satanic men will come up to you and say, you can lose your salvation because... Uh, how, do, how do I put this? Religious men teach you you can lose your salvation. Satanic men remind you of your sins. So notice that. Some men try to pluck you out of his hand by telling lies about the Bible. 
Some men try to pluck you out by telling you the truth about yourself. Satan is the accuser of the brethren. He doesn't have to make up lies about me. He just tells me the truth. Why would Jesus ever hold on to somebody as wicked as you? And Jesus says to them, they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. He's got you, believer. He's got you. No matter what man may say or no matter what they do. Here's another thing it teaches me. You know what else these verses mean? If you believe, then even when you can't feel his hand, he's got you. Sometimes our feelings are much more visible than facts. Our feelings are never stronger than facts. Here are the facts. They shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. Once you are placed in Jesus' hand, there is never a time when you will find yourself out of it. You may not feel it, and you may not feel it for a long time. You may not see it, and you may not see it for a long time. But John chapter 10, verse 28 through 30 is still in your Bible, so you can rest assured, not by feeling, but by faith, that you are still in his hands. You know what else it teaches me? If you believe, then even when you go through the wildest storms, he's got you. Listen to me, worried spouse whose companion is lost and on their way to hell. Find comfort in the fact that as that storm rages, he's got you. Listen to me, heartbroken parent who's watching your child walk away from the faith. Take comfort in the fact that as that storm rages about you, he's got you. Tired man who feels like a failure because you're not able to make ends meet. Weary lady who feels overwhelmed by all that's going wrong at once. Single mother who feels completely unqualified and inadequate to construct a godly home. Confused one who's reached a crossroads decision and you don't know which way is right. Lonely one who cries yourself to sleep at night and dreads the thoughts and temptations that target your solitude. Wounded one whose heart's been crushed by those you had the most confidence in. Damaged couple who's facing a time of strife in your marriage. Caregiver who spends their days taking care of other people and you feel like nobody takes care of you back. Depressed one whose mind wishes to be able to change things in the past, or sick one whose body is betraying you, listen to me, take comfort in the fact that as you go through those storms, he's got you. If you don't believe whatever storm you face, you face alone. But when you believe, whither shall you go from his presence? And whither shall you flee from his spirit? Ascend up to heaven, he's got you. Make your bed in hell, he's got you. Take the wings in the morning, dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea. Even there shall his hand hold me, and his right hand shall lead me. You know what else this teaches me? If you believe, even when you doubt, he's got you. I am so glad Jesus didn't say, and I give unto them life, and they shall not perish as long as they hold on to me. 
Salvation isn't about you holding on to Jesus. It's about Jesus holding on to you. Amen. The song says, when I fear my faith will fail, Christ will hold me fast. When the tempter would prevail, he will hold me fast. I could never keep my hold through life's fearful path, for my love is often cold. He must hold me fast. And he does. I give unto them eternal life. They shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. Question, does the term any man apply to you? There are some of you, the seed of doubt gets planted in your heart more often than you'd like. And you ask yourself these questions. Am I really saved? Am I really forgiven? Did I mean what I said when I asked Jesus to save me? Did I know everything that I needed to know? Have I strayed too far away? That person just told their testimony and said there was this huge change, and I didn't see a huge change in my life. Well, you grew up in church. What, I mean, what, that, that person was addicted to drugs and drinking and beating his family. Yeah, hopefully there's a change. You grew up in church. You don't see that drastic change. I didn't stop drinking. You weren't. And don't start so you can stop. Uh, but you start comparing testimonies to somebody else or, or some preacher. I hate it when they do this. Some preacher gets up and let me tell you about the day that I was saved and I fell on my, I fell on my knees and said, Oh, Holy Father, who created heaven and earth from everlasting to everlasting, thou art God and my sin is blacker than a thousand midnights. And they just start going off all this beautiful language and you're like, I just said, Lord, be merciful unto me, a sinner. Amen. Amen. Okay, that'll do. How about, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom? Oh, no, 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 no. There's, uh, there's three things you have to know and one thing you have to do. You have to, you have to admit that you're a sinner and you have to do it. How about, Lord, remember me? Yes, that's right. Worked for him. He was in paradise that day. But some people, you have this doubt. I didn't pray that way. And could I have prayed a better prayer? And... Was I in the right place? I wasn't in church. And did I, and did I, I, do you notice something? I, 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 me, me, me. I guarantee you when you doubt, I guarantee you, you're thinking of all the things that you did and not what Jesus did for you. I guarantee you every time. Eternal life isn't found in what you do. It's found in what Jesus did. People do not doubt their salvation. They doubt the Savior. And when you doubt the Savior, you insult the Savior. You're calling him a liar because he said, when you're in my hand, you're never going to get out. Amen. When you're in my hand, you are mine. But even when you face doubt, listen to me, even when you face doubt, the stars will fall, the sun will burn out, the ocean will dry, dogs will meow, cats will bark, and rocks will float before Jesus ever lets you go. Amen. Paul said, I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able. He is able. He is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. He's got you. Your soul does not find its eternal security in your ability to hold on to Jesus. It finds its eternal security in his promise to hold on to you. And I'm glad that's the case because this leads to the last one. What this teaches me if you believe, even though you sin still, he's got you. Now, we must be careful here, right? Satan is the father of lies. Everything he says is a lie, even when he tells a truth, it's only to hide a lie. And he tells a lot of lies. 
But here are his two most common. Line number one, Jesus would never continue to hold on to a sinner like you. Tell me if this sounds familiar. Why would a savior so holy hold on to a sinner so wicked as you? You think you're still in his hand when you just said what you said? You think you're still in his hand when you just thought what you thought? And you just did what you did? And you just went where you went? And you just drank what you drank? And you just watched what you watched? And you just listened to what you listened to? And you just wished for what you wished for? You think you're still safe? You think you're still in his hand when you've aborted your baby? You think you're still in his hand when you've taken life in battle? You think you're still in his hand when you've experimented with drugs and you've run away from God and you've used his name in vain and you've cheated on your spouse? You think you're still in his hand? You think you're still in his hand, somebody as bitter as you, somebody as depressed as you, and somebody as fearful as you and worthless as you and damaged as you and distracted as you. How can a Savior so righteous hold on to a sinner so evil? It's a persuasive lie, isn't it? It's a persuasive lie. A lie that I think a lot of you are familiar with. To this lie, I respond thusly. I just wanted to use that word. <laughs> Jesus said, I give unto them eternal life and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My father, which gave them me, is greater than all. And no man is able to pluck them out of my father's hand. The devil can come up with a million compelling arguments as to why Jesus would do this. I want the devil to give me one reason why the father would do this. When you believe Jesus has got you, the Father's got him. Bear with me. Even if Jesus wanted to let you go, the Father would have to let go of him first. And if the devil wants to argue why Jesus would let go of me, do it all day. You cannot argue one minute why the Father would let go of Jesus. Not one. If that still isn't enough for you to lie, number one, why would Jesus hold on to a sinner like you? I'll say this, Romans 5, 8, but God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. It's not that he died for you and then you messed up and he went, great, well, you ruined that. Glad I died for a perfect person only for you to ruin it. No, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. 1 Timothy, this is a faithful saying, never going to change, worthy of all acceptation. You've got to believe this, okay? You've got to accept this. That Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. So, devil, who tells me Jesus would never to con to continue to hold on to a sinner like me, my question is, if sin is what made him grab onto me in the first place, why would sin be the reason he lets me go suddenly? Mm -hmm. 
That makes no sense. So for the devil to say Jesus would never continue to hold on to a sinner like you, being a sinner like me is the reason he grabbed me. It's a lie. It's a lie. It's a lie. Lie number two. Where am I? Ah, here we go. Lie number two. If Jesus will never let you go, what's going to stop you from just doing whatever you want? Right? Right? If you can never lose your salvation, then sin it up, buddy. Right? You're still going to heaven. Drink what you want to drink and do what you want to do and finally let her fly at your mother-in-law. She needs it. She deserves it. To that lie, I respond thusly. For anybody who has experienced and tasted of the grace of God, and you, you think even for a moment to use that as a license to sin, the Bible hits you differently than it hits me. Grace hits you differently than it hits me. I do not understand you. I don't get you. When I think of how much my Jesus loves me, he loved me enough to leave heaven and to die for me and to suffer for me and to pray for me. And when I think of how much the Father loves me, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. When I think of how much they, he loves me, I don't want to grieve him. I gave this illustration this morning. Okay, uh, Brother Dusty, you have your kids right here, okay? I have two options here because we want your kids to obey you. And you say, Pastor, my kids aren't obeying. Could you help me? Sure, I can. Way number one, Zeke, if you disobey your dad, he's going to chop your head off. He's going to kick you out of the house. He's going to kill you if you disobey your dad. This little boy, first of all, is going to say, I know better than that. He's not going to believe something so ridiculous about his father. That's an insulting thing to say about his father. But even if he did believe it, he's going to grow up in fear and resentment of you. Or would it be more effective to say, Zeke, I want you to think of how much your daddy loves you. He wakes up before you wake up so that he can go to work and make money. You're not the preacher. I'm the preacher. You be quiet. <laughs> and he buys you shoes and he buys you clothes that you grow out of a week after he buys it. And he gives you good food. And if somebody were to come and try to hurt you, he would give his life before he ever let anybody hurt you. Before he let a hair of your head fall, he would gladly give his life because he loves you. Zeke, don't hurt him. Right? Do you want to hurt somebody who loves you like that? So if somebody wants to say, I have grace. I can do whatever I want. You don't have what I have. Yep. 
But unfortunately, being in Jesus' hand doesn't keep us from sinning against him. The flesh lusteth against the spirit, the spirit against the flesh. These two are contrary, the one to another, so that ye cannot do the things that you would. I find then a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man, but I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin which is in my members. O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? Prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. But if you believe, even though you sin still, he's got you. Yes, sir. He's got you. You know what First Timothy says? Second Timothy says, if we believe not, yet he abideth faithful. He cannot deny himself. Do you believe? If you don't believe in Jesus, you will die in your sin and you will face God alone with all of your sins on your record and no Savior to plead your case. If you believe, who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifieth. If you believe, who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who maketh intercession for us. If you believe, who shall separate us from the love of God? Shall sword, tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, peril? Nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. If you believe, he's got you. If you believe, let the enemy attack. He's got you. If you believe, let the storms come. He's got you. If you believe, even when you doubt, he's got you. If you believe, even though you sin, he's got you. So again, I ask you, do you believe? Do you believe he is who he says he is? Do you believe in what he did, that he died, he was buried, and he rose again, and he did it for you? Do you believe that? Do you believe in Jesus plus nothing minus nothing? Don't tell him he's not enough. Don't tell him he's too much. Take Jesus for who he is. If you don't, you may as well cut these verses out of your Bible. They don't apply to you. If you do, then keep this truth in the forefront of your mind. Write it on the table of your heart. No matter what, he's got you. Do you believe? And if your answer is yes, I know for sure I'm going to heaven for a Bible reason. Raise your hand by way of testimony. Put your hand down. How many of you remember a time just a year ago where you could not raise your hand right there? You, you were not saved. How many of you remember just a year ago? How many of you remember within the past five years you were not able to say that? You were not able to say. Put your hand up high. Put your hand up high. How many of you within the last 10 years, you were not able to say? You were not able to say. I don't care how long it's been, 50, 10, 5, 2 weeks, you're in his hand. Mm -hmm. yes, He's got you. You're his sheep. And my sheep hear my voice, and I know them. Amen. I know which ones are mine. Are you a sheep? Well, I work. So did the Jews. 
He was in Solomon's porch in a very religious place filled with religious people who did religious things as they talked about religious stuff. And he said, ye believe not, so you are not my sheep. If you could not raise your hand just a little while ago, the invitation is given to you. You can believe today. Nobody will force you. Nobody will force you. Thank you for listening to our audio preaching podcast. For more information about our ministries, or if you would like to get in contact with us, please visit our website at heritagebaptistcctx.org. May God bless you as you go forward with the gospel this week.